What's up out there to all my realtors grinding it out in this tough market? Mike Mills of Mike Mills Mortgage and Finance here. Now, each week, I bring you insights and tips from people at the top of their game in the world in and around real estate. But I also love to share inspirational stories of agents and brokers who've cracked the code and found success in our industry one way or another. My next guest is a highly motivated industry leader who has taken her passion for helping people buy and sell real estate and turned it into an organization that inspires new generations of leaders to follow their ambitions while mentoring up-and-coming agents. Joining me will be Nicole Christofferson. Nicole founded Southern California Brokerage NMC Realty Group back in 2003. Having seen considerable success in her two decades of experience within the Southern California real estate industry, she has since expanded her business to Austin, Texas, with the promise to take it nationwide. And after moving to Texas in 2021, she launched the Work Hard, Smile Large community. Her goal was to build a network of like-minded professionals driven by hard work, personal wellness, and giving back. And Nicole hosts a podcast where she features inspirational stories of people who epitomize the work hard, smile large mindset. She's going to drop some knowledge on how to keep your mind right when going through tough times. You see, in a challenging market, it's always hard to find sunlight through the clouds. Nicole's positive spirit and never quit mindset can serve as another reminder that everything's going to be okay and this too shall pass. So if you're looking for an injection of positive energy into your life, you won't want to miss this one. Hello, hello, everybody. Um, how are we doing today? So, all my realtors out there, have you ever wondered how to transform market challenges into career triumphs? It's all about your daily mindset. It really comes down to the difference between seeing opportunity in every situation or instead noticing all the looming obstacles. And today's guest will help you guide, will help guide you on how to maintain a winning mentality and how it can make all the difference in the world on your eventual success or inevitable failure. So welcome to the Texas Real Estate and Finance Podcast, um, your guide to real estate success, one episode at a time. Um, I'm your host, Mike Mills, a mortgage banker with 13 years of experience in the heart of Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and also home to the American League champs, Texas Rangers. And in, this in the spirit of those resilient Rangers, um, today we are diving deep into the work hard, never quit mindset. But before we get into today's emotional recalibration, remember, if you find value in these conversations, hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform, or go check me out on Mike Mills Mortgage and Finance on YouTube for more exclusive content. Subscribing ensures that you stay updated on insights that can help uh, continue to elevate your real estate business. So my guest today is Nicole Christofferson, an industry leader who's turned her real estate passion into a nationwide movement. She founded NMC Realty Group in Southern California, expanded it to Austin, Texas, and has recently launched the Work Hard, Smile Large community. Nicole, how are we doing today? Excellent. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. Yes. So uh, how's life treating you there in Austin, Texas? It's great. We're finally getting some rain right now, but my family and I are coming up on full three years here, and we are super happy we made the move. And yes. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We get to go back and visit California often because we still both conduct a fair amount of business there, but um, yeah. and all our family is there. Um, but we have the best of both worlds. We get to stop in and get out, and we've got our awesome, chill, relaxed, active lifestyle in Austin, Texas now. So you get the uh, the happy, friendly Texans along with the coast. We can go back out to uh, California and live the uh, beach lifestyle from time to time too. The right? Beach lifestyle, sit in some traffic, you know. 
All yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's no shortage of traffic here in Dallas Fort Worth either. So, and I'm sure in Austin these days, especially uh, going through down there by the by the university. What's that little? There's like a split where you go around or you go down that little section right there. Um, what's that? It, yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, I was down there. That's what I was saying. I got stuck in the rain earlier this week when we were talking yeah. before, and that's exactly where I was. I was in bumper to bumper traffic by the university because I was going to listen to a couple female founders speak at the university. And it was, I've never, I haven't been in traffic like that since I moved here. So I was yeah. testing get pretty gnarly. <laughs> I certainly get, up, get pretty gnarly down there. So, all right, well, um, I want to kick us off by, um, I want you to share the inspiration behind that mantra, the work hard, work hard, smile large, um, kind of how it shaped your journey in the real estate world and then what you've done with it since. Oh, absolutely. Um, work hard, smile large was a dream or a manifestation that I kind of had right as I was starting my real estate brokerage, I went from being a sales associate to a broker's associate to saying, Hey, it's time for me to start my own brokerage. I think this is the next thing. Right. Um, and that was around 2013. Okay. So at that so time, about 10 years in the business at that point. Mm hmm. Okay. Mm hmm. And I'd worked for all the awesome boutique brokerages in Newport Beach, California. They're all still really great friends of mine. Um, and it just was one of those things. Our third-party aggregates were coming about, like Zillow and stuff, and things were starting to change. And I just said, hey, I think I'm going to try this. I was doing things a little bit more different with my marketing and stuff. And so I woke up one day and I was trying to have my family understand why I work so hard. And my husband was, you know, starting his business and I was working seven days a week and he was watching our first baby at home on the weekends. So I was doing open houses and we're really good partnerships. So we've yeah. carried each other through different times and my real estate was really helping us while they were getting off the ground. And, um, I just said, you know what, babe, I work this hard so we can smile large. Like I wasn't not having fun on the time I wasn't working and we just started saying it on everything, tagging everything. That was about when hashtags started coming about. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. You had your so, own personal family hashtag inside. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And so it just our friends and our family and everybody knew that was just my mindset. I work hard so I can smile large. I do a lot. It may be intimidating to other people, but it doesn't stop me. Like I know I'm going to take care of my fitness every day. I know I'm going to see my friends on the weekend or host people or entertain. And we were, we've done that consistently you know, forever. Um, so that's where it started. And then it started bleeding into my business. I started using a lot in my business as people were seeing I had started my brokerage. Mm -hmm. Now let me go circle back. I was also pregnant at this time and opened my brokerage two months before I had my second daughter. Okay. Wow. That's uh that's really <laughs> whatever that's so yes. a big part of the energy and um mission and purpose that I had to establish myself as an independent broker owner. Yeah. Um, so that was really fun. And now it's just carried us through. Our kids use it. Um, I say it to them every day before they leave my site for school or anything. I say work hard. They say smile large. My husband and I use it all the time and it's just who we are. So when we relocated and I expanded NMC Realty Group to Austin, Texas, um, and my kids were making new friends and we were trying to build a new community. I was like, Hey, this is the time let's put it out there. Our new community needs to know who we are and work hard, smile large is, is us. That's, you know, a way for us to let them know who we are. They're going to see us moving and shaking and running all around and going different places, um, and inviting them in, you know, we have an open door policy at our house. Anybody can come over, eat dinner with us anytime or anything like that. And so, um, we really just manifested that and building our community here. And my daughter was a big part of the branding and launch of Work Hard, Smile Large. 
It was about bringing the different ages and the different generations and the different genders of dads, moms, and kids together so we could get to know them. And so the kids yeah. could get to know each other, yeah. um, teach them how to network with one another and, and collaborate like we do as adults, you know, yeah. give them that tool now early on. So what prompted the switch or the move from California to Texas? Um, it was mainly my husband's business. He's okay. in healthcare tech and, um, we've been together since they were ground floor breaking into insurance and he and his partners had talked about their growth because they're nationwide. It's a nationwide tech platform for group health insurance. And we're, we were in the middle of the pandemic and it was, you know, health insurance and health and all that's really big. And so they knew they were expanding and it was just natural that somebody out of the partners came to the central time zone as a middle point and a growth spot and tech is growing in Austin. And so there's a little bit of a brotherhood is what we call it, but business brotherhood here. Yep. Um, but it was just Matt threw his hands up instantaneously. He's like, we're going. This is our well, family's adventure. We're going to Well, go. the great thing about your job as a real as a broker and a realtor is that, you know, you can sell real estate anywhere. You know, granted, you know, you have to develop a community and, and uh, referrals in real estate are incredibly important, um, obviously, because that's the lifeblood of a lot of what um, what you do. And when you just drop yourself into a brand new market, um, that can be a challenge, you know, because as an agent, you know, if you don't have that sphere around you immediately when you come in, you've got an uphill climb, especially compared to other agents in a really hot market like Austin. So, so what was that move for you like coming from, you know, having a sphere in California, I'm sure that you, that mm -hmm. you worked with on a regular basis to being dropped into a brand new place. And, and what did you see, like, were the big differences between California and Texas in that environment? I mean, a, a couple, there's a couple questions there, but I think when I came to Austin, I wasn't sure how I was going to break into the market. And I was really yeah. focused on the client, the transactional side of it. And I was like, I have transactions. I still owned my brokerage. I was operating my brokerage in Southern California while we had moved here. I didn't close it down. I didn't transition. I didn't do anything. My I had my team support boots on the ground there. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I was involved at my board. I was on a lot of the committees at the Newport Beach Association of Realtors. And I'm like, you know what? I need to find my professional peers, the people that I connect with and that I can collaborate with here. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll know where I want to hang my license and I'll know who I want to be affiliated with and I'll kind of know. So I was taking my time when I had first gotten here um, and I did a bunch of deals, you know, non-represented, helping some of our relocation clients here because okay. the localities in California helped me, you know, with all of that here. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it was a good time. I guess a lot of people were moving back and forth too, right? So you had mm -hmm. a, lot, a big influx of people moving to Texas. And we had managers and people that my husband's company was relocating out here. So I was able to help all of them and kept focused on what was important, which was our little circle of people who were relocating. Yeah. But I just kept hearing a person's name come up. Um, and she was a huge guiding light and angel to me meeting the network of people that I now collaborate with almost every single day. I mean, I have the best influence of professionals around me and all the areas of Austin Metro and even Dallas and Fort Worth as well that I get to work with now. And that's where I really focused. Who do I want to be around? Who do yeah. I want to interact with every day? And that really guided my um, growth here in Austin. Yeah. I got pulled up. I feel like I got pulled up by the angels wings. I got pulled on leadership panels. It was really cool. And it was, you know, my production had just started because a lot of it was done off, off market, off record. So yeah. um, it was really awesome. So well, the people I, mean, I choose you, to surround myself with and that I'm very much like yes. um, really helped me launch an MC Realty Group here. 
and grow. Well, truly, when you put yourself out there in that regard and you surround yourself and like dive into meeting as many people as you possibly can, those opportunities tend to create. I, mean, I had themselves. contractors telling me I need to meet her, lenders, contractors, and or because we were doing, we were just meeting people through what we were having to go through here. Um, anybody I met was like, Have you met this person? Yeah. Or you need to meet this person. You're just like her. Um, yes. And that's, it was amazing. So, yeah. So coming down here, um, into Austin, I'm sure you had to bring in, you know, some new agents cause you're expanding your brokerage. And obviously, I mean, it sounded like you did bring a community with you to some extent, which is pretty cool. Cause you're, you know, your husband's work and how that, you know, so you, you kind of had a little built in sphere to some extent when you got here, but, um, uh, but you also had to hire new agents. So when you brought in new people, um, with this, especially with this mindset that you had and, and. And in some degree, I mean, obviously you came in and the market was still too, doing pretty well, but you know, we've obviously seen that change over, but how is your, how did your organization go about helping new agents come into the business and put their expectations on what it was going to be like to be an agent in that area? And then versus the reality of what it is, what it actually is. Well, and then how yeah, did those I mean, two years ago is when that really started happening for me. And I'm like, you know, I've always put a lot of effort into my business. And so I have two decades of experience and procedures and process and, I've gone through the market, you know, the, the trend in the market and yeah. cycles in the market before. So I originally, when I started, I was being pulled up on the leadership panels to talk about what it was like to own a brokerage and operate a brokerage. And now, you know, be at a, a global digital brokerage that's agent owned. So they pulled me up to really talk about that and the difference and the collaboration that was taking place. But um, at EXP, we have a mentor program. Okay. So with my program, I'm a certified mentor. So um, a lot of what was happening is I was attracting agents that were newer agents or that were on other teams. And they were hearing how I talked about running or managing my team and how I, you know, I operated my team and how collaborative we were. Um, and so I naturally was attracting mentees who were newer agents who had done three or less deals. Um, and we, you know, that's really how my team started growing. I hired somebody to help me with my family as I really started pouring into growing an MC Realty Group here and was being, you know, pulled a lot of different places for these speaking events. Mm -hmm. And she eventually became my assistant. So you just saw her a little bit before this. So she <laughs> so is right for the family first and now the business. She's my right hand and she's yeah. born and raised in Texas. And so some of her friends have come to me um, and, you know, joined because of her friendship with them. So um, it's really been a blessing to be at my brokerage and to be affiliated with EXP and brokered by EXP. I'm still an MC Realty Group, but being brokered by a global digital brokerage is transformative. I mean, I have so many opportunities to mentor, to be pulled up into leadership and to gain resources from others and collaborate on what how, what and how things are done or how they're doing it, what's working. So, um, well, it's I'm organically. I'm, I'm a little curious too, because you mentioned this a second ago, and I always hear people that, um, that have had success and really all walks of life mention this often. And I'm, I'm a big proponent of it as well, but, um, but when you have to maintain a certain mentality in a, in, in, especially in a down market right now, things are slower. I mean, there's no pretending that it's not, it's not, it's not what it was. It's not terrible, but it's also not great. So there can be a little bit of, you know, uh, downtroddenness or whatever you want to call it, you know, agents that get upset. Everything get, takes more work. That's right. It takes and more guess work. what? It's always taken more work. In my 21 years of doing real estate, there's only been maybe two years that it wasn't a lot of work or three years that it wasn't a lot of work. Yes. It takes it's effort. It takes time. Yes. It's a project. It's a transaction. It's a relationship. Well, and where I was going with that a little bit is patience. <laughs> well, 
you had brought up, um, you know, part of your regimen and part of your day is, is very focused on your fitness on, on taking care of your body and your mind. And, and I think people lose track of that often when, you know, we feel like, well, I got to work, work, work. I got to go out and, you know, hustle and bustle all day long. But if you don't work on yourself and take care of yourself, then the rest of it doesn't bleed over very well. So can you speak to a little bit about why that's so important, especially in that work hard, smile, large mindset where you got to take care of Absolutely. Absolutely. My family calls me a machine and like, it's not, (laughs) I know when I feel my best Mm -hmm. and whether it means I had a ton of success at work or anything like that, I know when I feel my best throughout my day and when I end my day. And so I try to recreate my best day every day. And that's for me. That's what I know. I check in with myself and check that. So that means waking, everybody's going to be different. So let me just sure. make that disclaimer yeah. right now. Yeah, I no one size like mine is, mine is gonna, a one size fits all. I used yeah. to wake up at 4 a.m. in California, be at spin by five, be home by 6.30 from the gym, wake my kids up. I don't do that anymore because that doesn't work. So my routine has changed, but I make sure I wake up and have quiet time. I really try not to get on my device in the morning until my kids or whatever have been seen off. I make sure we eat healthy, um, whatever that means, uh, vitamins, you know, home cooked food, healthy fruits and vegetables, but I get exercise almost every day and my form of exercise changes, but that needs to be done before I start my work day. The minute I pick up my device or I get on my computer, my workout is non-existent. Right. And what happens when you don't work out? I've tried many times. I'm not going to work out at the end of the day. It's not going to happen in the middle of the day. I want to be ready. And part of me doing it in the morning for all the professionals that are listening is you don't know where your day is going to take you. Right. I don't go through my day in sweats anymore. And if I am in my workout clothes, it's very rare. You know, I will embrace that. That's fine. Sure. But I get ready every day. Yeah. Not to the nines, to how I feel comfortable. So that something calls upon me or I have an opportunity to meet somebody or go somewhere or do something or be on camera with somebody and learn and grow. I'm ready. Right. And then it sets up my tone for how I operate my business every day and how I run my daily routine. So that's like the physical, whatever. But then I also have a daily, weekly, monthly routine of what I check through every morning. I check my email. I check my calendar. I check the MLS. I check our marketing calendar. I read the news, you know, a couple of news things. Um, and that gets shorter and shorter every single day until I revamp it and build it up. But it should take less than an hour. Yeah. So now I'm hitting all my cues and I'm starting my day with a clear mind and a prioritized list of what I need to do and who I need to call. And I'm ready and I'm way more efficient. The days I scramble and don't hit that, I'm scrambling all day. Yes. So. Well, I've had a couple of conversations with different people about this. And, you know, what I've found as a general theme is that, you know, you don't appreciate the uh, the, the physical exertion and the mental clarity that you get from it until you don't do it. And then, or or you do it for a long period of time and then you fall off the, off the bike, which everybody does. You know, we all, nobody's perfect. We're all going to work out. There's weeks that that you're tired or your body tells you you don't need it. And then you do something else. You read a book instead, you find another form of peace and calmness for yourself because it's really a mental reset. Exercising gives you those endorphins. Reading gives you a sense of calmness or maybe some insight into a topic that you're reading, but I absolutely shift it when I need to, but yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. You don't know until you don't do it and you miss it. Yes. Well, and then you realize how much it impacts your day because I know personally, like if I have a couple of days in a row where I don't do something in the morning and this, and I think the morning is really, really key. And what you hit on about, if you try to push that stuff to the end of the day, it never happens because life happens and it gets in the way. 
Yes. You're not focused and, on you. You're not breathing right. You're just, right. there's a little bit more tension in it and your exercises can change. Some days I don't have an yeah. hour or 45 minutes and that 20 minutes I make worth it. Like I'm doing intervals for 20 minutes. Like I'm, yeah. you know, and I don't beat myself up because I only worked out for 20 minutes. Whereas, yeah. you know, five years ago, I would have beat myself up over it. But now I'm sure. like, no, it's consistency. It's lifestyle. I don't even look at my routine like a routine. It's my lifestyle. It yeah. affords me the ability to be able to get up and go anywhere, to travel wherever I want to go. I'm going to keep it consistent. And yeah. that's why we're we're super mobile now, more mobile than we ever were before. Well, and you stay healthy in, in your right mind for your family as well, because if yeah. you're in a good state, then that passes down to everybody in the household. And, you know, even if it's a 30 minute Love walk, hate you, it. they yes. hate it a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't. I mean, it's got its drawbacks, too, for sure. But <laughs> but I mean, even if it's a 30 minute walk, listening to a book or returning voicemails or phone calls, anything just to get your body in motion, especially earlier in the day is always a bit. And that's what I wanted to say. It could be anything. Some days yeah. it's a walk for me. Some days it's a run. Some days it's spin. Some days it's a tonal. Sometimes it's gardening, gardening. I, I'm a oh, yeah. cook and I have my own produce garden and I do all of it on my own, but nice. that's a workout. Yes. So I don't say I have to go for a run on the day I'm going to go and garden. Like it's one or the other a lot of the times. So, um, so you recently expanded to Austin, um, but you do, um, have some intent or, or desire to kind of push your brokerage or your, your team a little bit further outside the expanses of California. I am and Austin, always so. open to speaking to agents that are other brokerages that want to join my organization, because the cool thing about what I am a part of now is yes, I have my team at NMC Realty Group, but I am part of this organization that collaborates all day long. So yeah. I don't have a ton of team members like I would have liked to in Austin because all of these top producers that I'm friends with, we meet and we mastermind once or twice a week and we do stuff. So when I say come join EXP Realty and join me and let me sponsor you coming over, it's like, come, let me open my playbook and let me open all my organization's playbooks and like, let's make this happen because it's, it's so powerful. I mean, being yeah. a broker owner for 10 years on your own, um, serving the community on the board and on committees and stuff and really having to go out and meet people, you're, you don't have that same sense of collaboration on right. how procedures process, things like that. And so this has just been monumental. It's, I yeah. mean, it's the new wave of how real estate should be done. Yeah. So if it's not happening for other people, give me a call because it's pretty amazing. <laughs> yes. You're always open to accept. Well, and especially these days, look, you know, when, when things are slower, everybody's looking to try to change something up and they're looking for new ways to do it. And if you can offer something to a new agent or a prospective, you know, uh, realtor that's trying to change or get their career restarted, sharing, or our, yeah, sharing our playbook, sharing what's worked, sharing our experiences, sharing current happenings. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So through all this too, you also launched a podcast. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, so right now it seems like your podcast is really geared more towards mindset and hard work to, you know, work hard, smile, work hard, smile, large, health, health well-being, entrepreneurship. Yep. Giving yep. back. So what, pr what prompted you to start that? And what are some of the things that you feel like you've learned from those conversations with people that you've had since you started? So starting the podcast was really something that I talked about for a few years and I didn't know when the podcast was going to manifest itself because right. I thought it was going to be a real estate podcast. Um, but going through being an independent broker owner to transitioning, I was like, I just, a real estate podcast is a lot to break into. Um, and when we started work hard, smile large, and we started doing local community events and then it started growing. I did a vision mapping event last January, which is something I did with my real estate team and in real estate. And I did it for work hard, smile large, and it went global. Wow. So, yep. I did a virtual 
vision mapping workshop um, last January. We're going to do another one this January. Um, and so what, how would you describe if someone's like, what's vision mapping? What would you tell them? So vision mapping is taking your goals. It's not a business plan. Take your goals for the year and put them into these individual buckets, whether it be family, health, finance, relationships, giving back, travel, and you map specific actions and specific things you want to accomplish in those. And even perhaps a couple of line items of how you're going to get to those things. And then on the other side, you create a very personalized collage style board. So you visualize that you see your smile, you see those meals, you see those locations or whatever your goals are for yourself. If you want to read 20 books, like go print out all those little book covers of those books and put them on there. So you see them. Right. um, And you just map it. And we are going to host another one this next January for World okay. Work Hard, Small Large. But when that hit, and my goal was to have 100 people on it, and we had over 300 in three different countries, awesome. I was like, now's the time. It's time. <laughs> yeah. I want Work Hard, Small Large to connect people from all yep. over the world. And it started where this is our sixth month will be the 28th of yes. October. Um, and so it's really uniting my communities, right? Like I can host local events, um, but the podcast is global. Yeah. Anybody yeah. can access it. Anybody can and get so to it. I just said I had to do it. I said April 1st was my date. I didn't hit April 1st. So it ended up being April 28th. And I'm so happy I did it because every time I record a podcast and every time I get to meet with another guest or every time somebody submits a guest form, I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. Now my friends, my family, our work hard, small, large community get to hear what they're doing, you know, yeah. and I don't yeah. have to tell them it's, you know, yeah. they can jump on and listen and see us hype it up on Instagram and stuff. And, and, right. it's, and then th- those people become part of like our work hard, small, large community. And like my family, I keep in touch with them. Yeah. So it's because yeah, you have an intimate conversation with them and, and you, you know, share a lot of ideas and, and it very much is a personal thing. And you don't, uh, I mean, I've experienced that doing this is, yeah. you know, you meet all kinds of people from all walks of life. And, you know, the great thing is you learn a little bit from everybody and you find out, you know, um, what they're all about and, and apply it to your own life to some extent and the Agreed. things that you find valuable. Agreed. No, I totally agree. And it's just the beginning. Um, we're really excited for 2024. So starting the podcast was happen when it was supposed to happen. And it's been easy. Yeah. It's been so easy and so fun. So, well, and the thing that you mentioned earlier about the, the vision mapping, you know, and I, I think this goes to the whole mindset piece of, you know, I, I always explain it to people. It's like, you know, I'm sure you're, everybody's familiar with that book, the secret, right. And, and how that, uh, you know, this whole manifestation thing. And, and when you say that to people, sometimes they're like, okay, here we go. You know, the, the woo's about to kick in, but, but what gets lost sometimes in that is that, you know, when you see things and they're in front of you on a regular basis, opportunities present themselves that you otherwise would miss if you weren't aware that that opportunity could be, could exist. Right. Mm-hmm. So the best example is always, you know, when, and I use people's like when you buy a new car. So if you go out and you buy a white truck, right. And that's, that's your car that you just purchased last week. Well, now all of a sudden you look out on the road and there's 8 billion white trucks and you're like, where did all these white trucks come from? When I, before I bought mine, I never saw these. Well, you didn't see them because you weren't, the possibility of it existing wasn't open in your world. And so, you know, it's not really woo. It's, it is, if you don't present those opportunities in front of yourself and make sure you focus on them on a daily basis, then when the opportunity arises to take a step in that direction, you'll often miss it because you're not thinking about what the end goal is ultimately going to be. The other thing is you'll also surpass your expectations of yourself. So you'll add to it. You may not hit everything, but you will definitely add to it, which is the other really powerful experience throughout the year. You're like, Oh, there's no way I'm going to read 20 books, you know? And somehow (laughs) you read more than 20 books and you're like changing 
changing that number on it. Cause I always remind people like, go back to your vision map, like yeah. add to it, check it off, cross it off, yeah. put a star, highlight it. Yeah. Um, but one really special thing that I do when I am, you know, leading the workshop, um, and I have guest speakers come and speak on different topics, which mm -hmm. is really cool. We always have nice guest speakers come yeah. and guide a certain topic. I have everybody write a magic letter. Okay. So anybody that's participating, we give a supplies list. We get everybody prep beforehand on what to have with them, but everybody writes a letter to themselves. Okay. And imagines a year later having accomplished what they put on their vision map and they write that letter to themselves and they self-address it send it to me or hand it to me. We have one in-person location we'll be at, but everybody else can send it to me and I will hold it for a year and I will pay the postage and I will send it back to you and you will get it in a year and you will not remember you wrote that letter. Oh I've no, done yeah. it for almost eight years. Yeah. I never recognize it when I get it. Somebody else yes. has to send it to me. Yes. And every single time it brings me to tears of joy because A, I believed in myself and be how I spoke to myself a year prior and what I was able to accomplish with and for myself. Yeah. Um, it's the best way to end the year and start a new year. It's yeah. It's awful. funny. You write something else like that down and you're like, Oh, I'll never forget this. This will be exactly. And, you're, and you then you open it a year later. Like, who is this human? And who wrote this? <laughs> it wasn't me. I don't remember doing this. Yeah. That, that's yep. crazy. I, I think that's great. I mean, especially because when you get something like that, you know, 12 months later, it does two things for you. It reinforces, the goals that you set and, you know, and, and if you accomplish those goals and if you didn't, then it also takes a little bit of a self-evaluation to go back and go, okay, what did I do? Or did maybe, maybe your goal changed. Maybe you thought you wanted something. That, happens too. that yep. happens too. And that's very powerful. It's growth nonetheless, yep. right? Yep. You're going to have to join us in January. Yeah. You're moving in the right direction one way or another. Well, you know, yeah. I, I personally, this is, this is where I get a little, I lose people sometimes, but, but I really think, you know, in my life experiences that, we all, every single day, every hour, every minute, you are, you are headed down a road, right? You're headed down a trajectory. And every decision that you make, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent, is going to push you further in a direction. And the only way that you can control that to a certain extent is by your brain. And if your brain says, okay, this happened to me, but it's going to be okay. You know, and that's the best I way I can put it. it. It's all going to be okay. I'm going to work through it. This is a challenge. We're going to get past it. You're going to constantly push yourself. I always tell people you're either... There's two versions of you that are out there. There's way more than that, but two versions. There's the one living under the bridge that's miserable, can't feed themselves and horrible. And then there's one that's, you know, ruling the planet, right? And those, those two versions of you exist out there. And it's just a matter of which one are you headed more towards? You're not going to get to be the ruler of the planet, but are you headed in that direction? Are you moving in that direction? And I think every decision that you make pushes you in one direction or the other. So if that's the case, then why not push yourself towards the direction of, Hey, it's all going to be okay. This is just another challenge I got to work through. No and your mindset is such a for you. Like yeah. you have to do the work. Yeah. You have to believe in yourself. And these other people are going to support you. There's there might even be intimidators. They might intimidate you or to try and distract you or things like that. But yeah. you know, ultimately you have the power to get yourself wherever you want to go. So a big part all of right your <laughs> yes, a, a big part of your development over the years has been your ability to mentor, um, you know, up and coming agents or new people in, uh, you know, small business, because, you know, whether you're uh, running an air conditioning company or you're running a real estate brokerage, you know, it's it, entrepreneurship is, is, it's all the same tenants, right? There's not a lot of differences involved there, but um, so new agents coming into the business, especially in this challenging market right now, what are you, what are you mentoring them towards to keep whether it's their, their mindset in the right place or certain practices on their daily routines. Like, what are you, 
what are you, what's the message that you're trying to convey right now when, when, you know, transactions are a little harder to come by these days? That they have to stay consistent because the market is not reliable or consistent right now for them. And so mm -hmm. they have to establish themselves and market themselves authentically. So yeah. um, I've actually just been doing this with a couple of my mentees and my team recently. Like we do business planning, but really business planning is just like sketching for our vision mapping. Right. Um, but it's more transactional and stuff. But they need to know what they need to do every day to get to what their end goal is at the end of the year. So if you want to do eight or 11 or whatever transactions next year, this is what your GCI is going to be based on the median home price. And we kind of break it down, but it, it goes, once we get that number, cause that's really intimidating for new agents. Oh my gosh, I have to call two people a day. And I'm like, you can call anybody and say happy birthday. Right. And be like, hey, did you see my post on my page? I'm, I'm putting more real estate stuff out there. I mean, just drop out. I'm trying to help them make everything authentic to who they are. Right. So then we do a whole K Putnam marketing brand archetype thing. And so I'm really helping them identify who they are and how they want to present themselves as a realtor. So they're not, they don't have imposter syndrome. Right. And that's where I really start with my new mentees and we yeah. build that out. And then we do an accountability call every Friday. Did you hit it? Did you not hit it? Why? Yeah. Why not? It was it easy. Oh. You want to do more? Great. Do more next week. But we set it up to where they don't feel like if they're dog people and they're at the park and the gym and that's part of who they're going to be as a realtor, build your real estate community around that. Yeah, Be authentic absolutely. to you. I think yeah. that's the one thing that held me back as a realtor in my early careers. I was like, oh my gosh, all these people are so much older and oh my gosh. And I was like, so like intimidated. And then once I was like, I know what I'm doing. Why am I like afraid of that? Like, who am I? I'm going to market to who I am and I'm going to be yeah. myself. And that's really when I established myself, I would yeah. say. You know? Well, there's an idea behind building your career around your life and not building your life around your career, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can do it that way. There's been plenty of examples where, especially in our business, really and truly, because it's such a network-based business where you have to meet people and get to, and you can't just walk around going, you want to buy a house? You want to buy a house? You want to buy a house? Well, and like, you could be called at all different hours of the day and pulled yes. so much, you know what I yes. mean? So. Well, and you want to, you want to make sure that your activities are the things that you're passionate about. You know, and I, I tell agents that I work with often too, is like, look, when you're, if you're, you know, heavily involved in your church, for example, like there's a lot of people that, you know, they're, they spend a lot of time Sundays, Wednesdays, you know, they're individual Bible study groups where they're, in, they're in, into their church hardcore. Well, use that as an opportunity to build your real estate business around it. Because when people see that you have passion for something that you care deeply about, and then you go, oh, by the way, I also help people buy and sell homes. Well, they're going to go, wow, if, if you're this passionate about this thing, then that's surely going to carry over to the thing that you feed your family with, right? But I even say you don't have to pitch yourself as a realtor when no. you're in those different communities. Yeah. You can share what you're doing and show them, hey, yeah. I did this. I tried this new. Like, what do you think about this? And get their feedback. Like, that, you don't ever have to sell anybody on it. No. But you need no. to have them know that you're a real, you're an, you, you have to be mean, aware, right? They have to be aware, you know, <laughs> yes. but yes. you can ask for their advice on stuff or anything. Like, there's all different ways to connect with people without pitching them. And I think that's where new agents like kind of freeze up. Yeah. Um, they feel like they have to put on that blazer Yes. and have that nice pen Still or something yeah, like but, And it's like, yes. no, you really no. don't. No, you just right. be yourself and, and, yep. and business tends to, to work its way out. But, mm -hmm. um, so you spoke earlier a little bit about, you know, we've talked a lot about goals and, and setting those and, and creating systems around those goals. But but I, I want you to talk a little bit about the importance of, because everybody has goals, right? We all have, I want to do this many transactions. I want to do, you know, uh, this much time with my family, whatever whatever the goal-based is, because everybody's definition of success is a little different. But um, but getting having goals is one thing, but 
building processes around getting to those goals is really what it boils down to. So can you speak a little bit about that? The process, are we talking business? Yeah, like business. Yeah, I mean, process. just, yeah, you can speak specifically about real estate if you want to. But what yeah. I'm saying is, you know, like I said, I want to close whatever, 50 transactions this year. Okay, well, that's great. And it's great to have that out there. But if you don't break it down to its small steps, like you were talking about, okay, well, how many contacts does that look like per day? How much, how much time does that, in building a plan around that, then the goals are irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. So on the real estate side, I would say that like, monthly i'm breaking it down by like where are we marketing what are we doing and we're breaking it down and we're doing a social media calendar and we're knowing what we're doing we're staggering it we're looking at what's working once or twice a month we're not like pouring into it every single day right we're giving it time to see what works we're staying consistent we're seeing what our engagement is and stuff like that um so that's one thing that's really helpful um with clients I'm a, I have a weird instinct. We use our CRM and I definitely use my CRM and I get in and I see who I need to get in touch with. And I have, you know, birthdays in my calendar. Okay. So one of like consistent things of contact management for me and procedures and process for prospecting, I have everybody's birthday. I have everybody's most everybody's anniversary. If I ever saw it on something or anything, then it immediately goes in my calendar. Right. Um, close of escrow anniversaries for my clients for the last 21 years. Oh, wow. Those are okay. in there. Those are opportunities for me to reach out and talk to them. I missed one client this year and he was like, you forgot to call me on my home anniversary. <laughs> He's like, Hey, what's up? Where, like, oh my goodness. You know, <laughs> they look forward to it. So yeah. those are like authentic, real fun things. I'm not a geek. Like I really don't go in and build out like, um, email drip campaigns and, and things like that. Like, it's just not who I am. I'm not patient enough. We started using another program this year called Flowdesk, which is like an email campaign kind of thing. So I've gotten better at it, but I keep things small and I make it very manageable when I start doing email. I'm going to call them campaigns. I get probably yeah, you know, there. Yeah. things that are automated, yeah. um, but I need them to be authentic and from me. So yeah. we start small. So that's another part of our procedures. We start small, very manageable. And then we use that for a little bit. And then I have these ideas and my assistant and I talk and I'm like, wow, we should add that to it. Oh my gosh, that question came up. So I don't try to do everything all at once either. I always break things down and, and test it and make sure it works. But yeah. we use a CRM. I send a monthly newsletter. Um, I don't try and get all crazy intellectual on it or anything. It's really just to keep a relationship with my clients and our it's database. Content. Yeah, just a contact on a semi-regular basis to stay in front yep. of them. So Absolutely. monthly I get that. They get birthdays every year and stuff. Um, with Work Hard, Smile Large, and I'm going to shift over to procedures and process for that yeah. because we were doing a lot of small little micro community events. And so we had a little procedure that went through with that where we had we would work the calendar backwards four weeks. We'd set up what the text was that we were going to want to put on the event. We'd create the headers and we would start there and everything would just be replicated on how many touches we wanted to hit on them up until that event hit. Yeah. Um, and what message we wanted to send with regards to that. I'm lucky I have a social media manager. So she's really like diligent on the marketing from a social media standpoint and helping support us. Um, but on the back end, I work from Dropbox, Google Drive. We always have everything pre-drafted, pre-texted. Um, and I start small and build on that. So after 20 years, like I just had to send out, I mean, I have to find a house in Orange County right now, shifting back to NMC. Let me keep mm -hmm. it exciting today. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I have to find a house in Corona Del Mar with a view before the end of this year. 
So I went back to my old school ways and I'm like, God, we keep getting these letters prospecting for selling our house. I'm like, it cannot come off like that. So, you know, I put together custom stuff based on all my experience over these 20 years of how am I going to reach these particular homeowners or these particular agents that work in that area and the phone call is not working. And, you know, I mean, how am I going to get to this level of clientele? And so I've just sat and showed my team. These are all the letters I've written over the last 20 years. This is what I'm getting as a homeowner right now that I don't really appreciate. It's very, you know, unprofessional. So I'm going to do it this way. And so they sat and helped me how I found the house, the style that it was, how researched back, how long ago did it sell, pulled title to see who the homeowner is. Do they have a mailing address and a permanent address? Are they all at the same? And we put it all together and packaged up all nice. And, um, you know, I'm kind of going back to my old school ways, but I start very small and build it out and then elaborate on it from there. So if that helps you with my procedures and process a little bit, I mean, everybody's well, calling me right now trying to figure out what my listing presentation is. And I'm like, well, I'll open it up. I'll sit on zoom with you guys and share it with you. Sure. Like, it's not yeah. a secret. No. Like I'll, I'll show you all. So, and I kind of up, I'm, you know, we up our stuff, like any of our marketing materials that I have or presentations that I've created. I try to update them every six months. Some, well, stuff, I think- change, some stuff changes. Um, but people with an entrepreneurial mindset often lose sight of the fact that we all have big goals and big dreams we're trying to get to. But what you just said about, look, you got to break it down into chunks, right? You got to break it down into small things. And like you also said, you can't do everything. So find the one thing that you want to do and you want to do well and break that thing down into the smallest pieces possible, because then the, the challenge doesn't seem quite so daunting, right? Mm -hmm. It's the whole, how do you eat a whale, you know, one bite at a time. Mm -hmm. And and being able to do that and being able to grow your business that way in in small steps, once you master, if it's, if it's the, you know, I'm sending out a particular way to send out listing or uh, letters to listings, potential listings. Okay. Once I've gotten that, now I can offload that to an assistant or somebody else because the process I've developed is as rock solid as it could be. It always can use improvement, but. And I lead by example. I really like my team and the people, you know, the professionals that want to know what I'm doing. I really like for them to shadow me. Like I don't have any secrets, like come watch me do it. See how it's done. It does take a little bit of work, you know, there's, you know, but come watch me do it. It takes a lot of work. teacher in me. (laughs) Yes. It's a teacher in me. I was a teacher yeah. a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there's, there's not a little work. It's a lot of work into that. I mean, this, those things, those, uh, require a lot of time and effort. Now, um, you mentioned you've brought up social media f- a few times and obviously, you know, with the, um, the community that you've launched and, and having a, a presence on social media, but what have you found, um, in dealing with the real, t- you know, the, the real estate side, but then also, you know, your work hard, small, large community, what have you found, how, how has social media played a role in growing that and developing that? And do you think it brings a lot of value to your business overall? I definitely think social media is a value add to any business because your reach is so great. Um, and it's just up to you how present you want to be on it and what your brand is or what your, out, your goal is with your social media. Um, we just put together some statistics and things like that from the Work Hard, Smile Large social media. And it was really um, humbled me. I was really happy with what we were able to do with the podcast in the last six months because we're looking to gain sponsorship for the podcast next year. So we could do more for the youth and for the events that we're trying to do for our community. Um, and social media is a tricky beast. Like you don't live or die by it. You need to set out your goal. Um, and that's been really helpful for brand identity for work hard, smile large and sharing about stuff. I really wish our social media had more growth, but our reach is huge. 
Right. That's what the consumers don't see. Right. Like we're reaching tens of thousands of people every month. Um, yeah. They might not be following the page. So yes. that's the interesting part about social media. And I want people that are watching this to hear that. Don't yeah. beat yourself up. Um, but likes NMC, don't determine the success. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Um, even though my kids like to tell me that, they're like, you don't, you don't have like, <laughs> you don't have 500,000 followers, mom. What's wrong <laughs> with like, you? Yeah. yeah. Please. <laughs> <laughs> but NMC, it's crucial for me. Yeah. I'm in two markets. I'm growing my organization nationwide. I have clients moving all over the country. I mean, they're moving from California to Tennessee, from Florida to Boston, like everybody's moving all over. So, you know, me being on social media and my group being on social media and showing our area knowledge and what we're doing and how we're doing it different. I think everybody markets themselves different Sure. in real estate. Like I would never, I no harm, no foul to any realtors. I want to do everything that a realtor wouldn't do. Right. The opposite. Well, because you want to stand out. You're trying to stand I just, out. I just want to do it a little bit different. Like that just yeah. feels natural to me. And so NMC Realty Group social media has been really crucial for me as, uh, expanding to Austin and also growing my nationwide network. So, yeah. well, I think agents lose uh, con the concept of social media being more about third party validation sometimes than it is about virality. Like, you know, whether or not you have 2 million followers or one of your posts goes viral, it, that's really not the important part, especially when it comes to running a business, right? If you want to be like a, everybody else is doing, yeah, yeah. If you want to do an influencer or something like that, fine. You know, that that's, but that's not running a business. Whereas running a business, especially in real estate is when someone says, Hey, you should call so-and-so if you want to buy or sell your home. Well, what's the first thing that 90% of people are going to go look at the magazine that you've created about how you do business and who you are. And the first thing is going to be whatever pops up when they Google you or when they go to their social media account and search you. Do you try to be on every platform or do you try to specialize and focus on one particular platform more well, so? I am on all platforms. Okay. I am most active on Instagram, probably because of my age demographic and, you know, that's just normal. Yeah. Facebook. Um, no. I no. got somebody fraudulently hacked into my account a few years ago. And so I lost a bunch of stuff and I just haven't wanted to regain it because my demographic, my sphere of influence, majority of my clients are on Instagram. Yep. I am on Twitter. Of course I'm on LinkedIn. I mean, yep. LinkedIn's a great professional um, platform. It's a good networking place, especially for what you're trying to do with podcasts. You meet all kinds of interesting people that way. But I think what I've found in talking with different people is that Instagram for sure is a big player for realtors, but it is true what you said. There's a generational thing that occurs. I, I'm, you know, oh, and now I'm, I'm on TikTok. Oh yes. Well, I was going to ask you. So now my kids are telling me like, oh, you need to tag it this. And, oh my gosh, your, your stuff came up on my thing, mom. I'm like, oh, great. I don't even go on the TikTok page. I just take whatever is on our YouTube shorts and just put it stuff. Put it back so on there. Over there. What, um, and, and I, I know this is, I think this is getting better these days, but you know, this is a taboo quote, but how, how old are you? Mm. Oh, you don't well, want to say everybody okay. thinks I'm 29. <laughs> okay. Right. 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 I tell my kids. No, I'm 42 well, years old. I have no okay. shame in my age right now. I'm okay, 42 so years young, actually. I'm 45 or will be tomorrow. And so the, the, what I've found is that, you know, our generation, uh, we kind of started with Facebook because I mean, I, I say that you could go back to like MySpace and those kind of things, but nobody even knows what that is. Anymore, I was never but, on MySpace and Facebook. I really only started using because of business and maybe yeah. connect with some people. Cause I noticed people were connecting from college and high school. Cause yes. this is where I could really say it. I'm 42 and we did not email our friends when we were in college. Yeah. I didn't yeah. any of my friends emails in college. That oh. is 
that's the weird part to connect with people from these parts of your life when we didn't use technology that way is no there was very little to no email maybe you email a professor from time to time because they required so facebook, it but facebook was that yes right? it was a way to connect yeah well and then it kind of transitioned so i have uh, a couple of younger sisters at about 10 years and instagram became you know after facebook it kind of waned off if you were old and boring you were on facebook but if you were new and hip and cool you were on instagram and Instagram kind of really took off and is still, you know, because they remodel and or remarket themselves, rebrand themselves a little bit on what they intend to be. Um, but in talking with, you know, younger generations, especially now with TikTok and and really Snapchat um, has really taken off a lot, which I don't fully. Like, how much can you manage? Let's, yes. I mean, we got to really break this down for your listeners yes. and for each okay. other, because how many different platforms can you manage? You can't. You, you really gotta can't. manage the ones that are easiest for you to manage. Like you can't yes. be on everything or you're hiring other people and it's just even, I don't know, it's too difficult. Well, and the, the big bulk of buyers right now are really and truly millennials and people lose sight of the fact that millennials and Gen Z are even surpassing baby boomers in the size of the population next round of homeowners. But I was talking with a, a Gen Z uh, specialist not, not too long ago, and we were talking about just kind of how she surfs the internet. Like, how do you go about looking for things? And so I asked specifically, I was like, all right, when you're, you know, she flew around a lot. I was like, when you go to a particular town, like, how do you look up a place to go eat? You know, and she's like, well, I go to TikTok. And I'm like, you go to TikTok to find a restaurant? She's like, yeah, I'm going to go look for the hottest places in Arizona or, you know, Phoenix or whatever and type that in. And I'm like, what about like Yelp? And she's like, what's, I don't know. What, what do you mean Yelp? <laughs> I was like, okay, man, I am old and outdated here. But, but the, the, the habits of consumers and the habits of people change as the generations change. And so you don't need to be everywhere, but you do need to focus on a place and you, whoever your target, you know, customer, your target person is, where do they exist and find that out and then dive into that, you know, that medium. Would you agree? I agree. And that's where the bulk of my contacts and my sphere of influence and my past clients and my peers and affiliates are is on Instagram. I can't connect with all of them on Snapchat and nor am I trying to build my business off of Snapchat. I could have a presence there, but the bulk of my contacts, I have to focus on where those platforms are. And really, truly, I probably should be using Twitter a little bit more for work hard, small, large and stuff. I mean, we, yeah. you know, I, it does have, I get on there a lot and look at it's things. It's called more X now, by the way. Concise, but it's, it's, called, it's called X now, by the way. I know it's called X now, but <laughs> I, know, I, I can't get over it. You made me tell my age. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. I call it Twitter all the time too. So. Um, no, it has its place for sure. Um, it's, it's one of those things that, um, I don't know. It's it's just a different medium. It's I, I use it for news more than anything else, but you can make a lot of connections within an industry and especially, you know, for your podcast. Um, I think there's a lot, a lot there that you can kind of network with. But speaking about your podcast again, um, if somebody were to tune in and say, okay, why should I listen to this? What, what am I going to get from it? What would you tell, you know, them about the podcast and what, what the goal is of it and why they should tune in and, and listen? Well, I really think there's a lot of, um, stories about people's journeys uh -huh. and what's gotten them to where they at, they're at and um and what they want their legacy to be and their purpose i think um people understanding that everybody's routines and mantras and journeys are very different mm -hmm. but everybody's looking for the same legacy or the same goal in the end and that to me is pretty powerful because i feel like we're all working towards something or trying really hard at things and want better futures for ourselves or for our communities or for um, our businesses or whatever. Um, but I think it really teaches a lot of our listeners about overcoming adversity. I don't yeah. think any of this came easy for any of us. Right. Everybody has a journey and everybody has a story and a why. 
Um, and I think listening to that and hearing other people's really lets you know that you're not alone. You know, yeah. we've all had a challenging road at some point um, or a tough start or a hiccup or a speed bump here and there. And it's what you choose to do with it. Like we talked about earlier. Yeah. I have a friend that's a musician and she didn't make it until she was in her thirties. Like that's frowned upon. Oh, that's way too old. You know what I mean? Musicians start younger and stuff like that. So like age differences and, you know, Speaking just- of global, there you go. We got somebody from the UK reaching out there. Yay. Hi. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think the takeaway from the podcast is really just those authentic stories about the journey and really being able to connect with it. And you'll have takeaways from, um, health and wellness tips. You know, we had a breathwork coach on, I use breathwork every day. Have you and read not, that? Not like breathe? I sit and meditate and breathe. Like I reset with my breath. It's like a free vitamin that you can use every single day. Yes. And you can do a lot in your day and your breath can get shorter and you can feel more and more anxious and stuff like that. And you can turn to different means to soothe that, or you can just take the free drug that's right in front of you. Like, so these fun guests that come on and they're really fun um, and teach us all these little tips and tricks and remind us. Have you read the book Breathe or Breath? I think it's what it's called. The the author's last name is Nestor. Um, It's a great book. And it talks about, um, you know, obviously it's all about breathing, but um, how like even our facial structures changed over the years because so many people are mouth breathers and your jawline because foods are soft and they used to be much harder. And, well, and you're so tense all the time because yeah. you're not yes. breathing and calming your muscles down. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, it, but it does, it makes a world of difference on sleep on your, on, you know, talk about mindset. I mean, just being clear headed all the time and having that extra energy that you get from breathing properly, um, which we just don't really appreciate and fully understand as coming from a mouth breather myself. Um, it's very difficult thing, especially if you've been doing it one way, but it's something that I literally think about every single day because it's like, it's such a challenge. Um, it you know, started, it, here's a tip for the listeners and for you. It started for me cause I used to drive a lot. I mean, I was, I'm a real estate broker. I drove all over the place all the time. I was in my car a lot. Yeah. My acupuncturist was like, you need to start breathing. Like you have got to do this for yourself, for this baby that's inside you. She's like, every stoplight you're at, when you hit a red light, just listen to yourself, breathe in your nose, out your mouth while you're at that red light. And so it would really remind me in times of like when I was worrying. So it kind of just started in my car and now it's just transitioned to just different times where I'm like, my mind starts getting too busy or I start feeling a little bit stressed or whatever. And I'm like, just stop and breathe. Just a reset. You just got to get your health, your head back back in the right place. And you know, when people listen in to your podcast and they hear those stories from other people and what, what challenges that they had to overcome to get to where they were or what challenges that they're still, because there's another thing that everybody, well, you know, you've accomplished, no, 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 it never ends. Like you're always, there's always a new challenge that you have to overcome. There's always a new obstacle in your way that you've got to get past. And this idea that you just get it figured out one day, you know, I, I joke about people say, well, when I retire, I'm going to go lay on the beach. And I'm like, okay, cool. For And then what? Like, you're just going to lay on the beach every single day? Like, no, you, you've got to have something that fires you up and gets you out of bed every single day to want to accomplish. And the thing is, is going back to what we were talking about, about seeing things in front of you and it being there is when you, and I, I was in a weird place for a long time where I thought, you know, people that would have the inspirational stories, I'll like roll my eyes, like, okay, great. But, but the thing is, is that when you put that kind of information in front of your brain on a regular basis, it puts you in the right place to go, okay, I can do this. There's no reason for me to, because we all have that self-talk. We're like, oh, you suck. You're not good at this thing. Or why are you even doing this? You know, we all go through that. And when you hear other people say, hey, look, I went through it too. And this is how I overcame it. It keeps you headed in that direction. And it's my necessary. Guests, my guests are vulnerable. Yeah. They talk about 
things that have got they've gone through, challenges that they had in their lives, and um, and how they've overcome it. And they give they give so much to our listeners on my podcast, and it's yeah. really powerful. Yeah, so. it can definitely put you in a good spot, and and you it's need great. that kind of motivation on a regular basis, a weekly basis, a daily basis, whatever it is. I have a I do I, I'm not I, I post on TikTok, but I'm not on there frequently um, for business or whatever. But uh, but I have a saved section on my TikTok that's nothing but motivational stuff um that every morning when I get up and I do I always listen to like the first five or six clips that I have rolling through it's all kinds of different people but but it's just in a place where when you wake up you just want to put your head in the right place to go forward and if you don't have a method or a or a technique or or some kind of process that you do to get there then we all fall into our old habits and you stay back in the place that you didn't want to be in the first place right it's something you shouldn't do that throws you off track from whatever that routine needs to be mine is yeah. i cannot get on my email and i cannot get on my calendar like i yes. know that that's just my i can't do it can't you do fall it. into the rabbit hole and never call I just back set out. multiple alarms for when I need to get everybody up and do my stuff in the morning and so then I just turn the alarm off on my phone so I don't open the screen and look at other stuff well, um, we're almost in an hour. And, um, so I want to be, you know, respectful of your time here, but before we go, um, you know, I just want you to kind of leave us with, you know, where you see taking, you know, your, your community in the next five years, kind of what, what the path you're headed down to, and then what you would tell anybody that either wants to get involved or what you would say to like, Hey, this is, if you want to have as you know happy and healthy life as you can make sure you're doing these things. What, what would you say to that? Hey, you know, I've, been in my career now for 21 years and I've expanded and I'm going to continue to grow. I really want to grow my organization so I can continue to mentor more. I really um, am at that point where I want to share my knowledge and I am sharing my knowledge. So open to speaking to anybody um, in the real estate industry or thinking about getting into the real estate industry. So that's definitely um, my next, you know, step for NMC. Um, and for Work Hard, Smile Large, we are going to be growing the podcast next year. We are doing another Worldwide Vision Mapping event, um, and we're going to have some pretty amazing guests on in 2024. We're going to be featuring positivity couples, okay. um, people that are making it happen together. Right. Um, so that's going to be really fun. But Work Hard, Smile Large is a movement. My family is always on the move and we will be taking work hard, smile large on the road with us um, on our journey. I'm preaching world school to my kids right now. My husband's traveling quite a bit. I take the podcast on the road with me back to California. So stay tuned. It's going to it's going to go. It's yeah. got wheels and wings. <laughs> you got the you got the nationwide tour coming coming to a town near you, right? Absolutely. Well, that's Absolutely. awesome. And anybody, well, if you're interested in being a guest on the Work Hard Smile Large podcast, DM us on social media or visit the website. It'd be awesome. Well, Nicole, I really appreciate your time. I know you are a busy, busy lady. You've got a lot of balls that you're juggling in the air. And so it's it's uh, it's hard to carve out an hour of your day to do something like this. So um, I can't thank you Bye. enough for coming in and chatting with us a little bit. And uh you know, we'll be tracking uh, where all this goes. I've, I've watched a couple episodes of podcasts. I think it's great. Um, I think anybody that, uh, you know, really needs a little bit of a, a boost on their, uh, you know, their their mindset right now, if they're struggling through, I think it's a great place to start because when you get your head in the right place, your business tends to follow and you just got to keep on that path and, you know, not, not get down on yourself because we're all going to have down times and, and go through tough spots, but it's how you get yourself back up that matters, right? Yeah. 
All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for everybody that stuck around. And uh, this will be out on uh, Spotify and Apple uh, tomorrow. So if you want to check it out or listen again, then please do. And we will be back next week where we are talking with a uh, real estate CPA. So we go from mindset to taxes um, because (laughs) we got to get ready for 2024. And you've got to set up your business structure in a place where you can make sure that you maximize your expenses, especially in a time where maybe revenue isn't as big as it was the year before. So don't forget to breathe. Yes. Don't forget (laughs) to breathe. So, all right. Thanks everybody. And we'll see you next week.